Hi, I'm Izzy, host of the STEM Untapped podcast. This week, our students, Asia and Gloria, are going to be interviewing Dr. Sarah Moller. Sarah is an air pollution theme leader, knowledge exchange and senior research fellow at the University of York. I'm Sarah. I'm a senior research fellow at the University of York. And one of the organisations that funds me is the National Centre for Atmospheric Science. And the work that I do is all around air pollution. I'm a chemist by background, but yeah, I now focus on air pollution. And actually the work that I do a lot now doesn't have all that much to do with the core chemistry that I originally did. It's more around how we communicate science well with policymakers and how we design science that actually meets the questions that policymakers have. So when they need to know things, how do we make sure that the science that we're doing now is going to be able to help them answer the questions they might have both now and years down the line once the science that we're doing um, has developed into something that they can actually use. So I do a lot of work talking between um, the research community and policymakers, uh, but I do do still some research myself, hopefully that is mostly policy relevant, quite a bit around thinking about the bigger picture. So not just thinking about how a change that's aimed at changing air pollution will affect air pollution, but actually how might changes in other areas also impact air pollution. What made you want to pursue a career in STEM? Do you have any role models that have inspired you? It's a really interesting question. So I'm going to be entirely honest with you. I didn't have a clue what I wanted to do when I was at school. GCSE level, I did quite a broad range of subjects, including music. I did a couple of languages. I did all three sciences. So I, I did quite a broad range of subjects and I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And I was given some advice at the time that one, I was good at science and two, that it had quite good career prospects because I think the other way I was heading was that I was really interested in art and I was told it was a brilliant thing to do, but you have to be really committed to it and and it's, it's, it's potentially a harder road than science potentially um, and so for me because I really enjoyed science I ended up doing chemistry physics and maths plus philosophy for my A-levels and so then I'd really already chosen that I was going to go into a science career. I think my chemistry teacher helped with the fact that I was happy to go down that route having had the sort of career discussion because he, it, Dr. John Timney, he was really inspirational in the way that he taught chemistry because he didn't just tell us about the things we had to know. He told us things about what he'd done when he was at university as a researcher. He told us some interesting stories about scientists from the past that actually got me interested in the way that science is done and science in general, not just learning the things that I had to do to pass the exam. Girls, what's it like for you at your school? Have you heard similar things from your teachers that Perhaps it might be harder to go into like arts and stuff or that careers are easier to find in STEM. Is that, what, what are you being told now? I think we're being encouraged to pursue a career in STEM. I think um, our school has been really supportive and encouraging us. Sarah, do you think that having a role model like your chemistry teacher is really important in getting people into STEM? I think having somebody, I don't think it has to be necessarily a role model, but somebody who really sparks your 
interest, uh, even if it's not something sort of in that core space of, oh, that's really what I want to do. Because I think, like I was saying, right the way, even through university, I wasn't sure I was going to stay in STEM. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I was still interested in communicating with others and perhaps doing something more creative. Um, but I, But I actually think that having people who keep sparking your interest so when you're thinking about what am I going to do next it's not that I've made a planned decision to stay in academia it's actually that exciting opportunities have come along and people have spoken to me about them in a way that's made me think I really want to do that um, and so it's lots of little steps along the way where people being able to present something in a way that talks to me and the things that I care about is what sort of inspired me to go into and stay in STEM. But what is like a typical general average day in your work life look like? Yeah, so I, while I work in a university where actually a lot of people spend most of their day split between the laboratory, doing experiments and, and in the office, I actually spend all of my day pretty much sat in front of a computer. And quite a lot of my day is spent reading emails and responding to them or sat in meetings talking to people. And so for me, it's really important that those meetings that I'm having are about things that I'm really interested in because I spend a lot of my time talking and listening. One of the things that I maybe like best is that I have probably at least once a month, maybe a couple of times a month events where it's a lot more interactive and it's a bit more of a workshop. And so you're actually discussing issues with people and you're hearing people's perspectives and you're giving them your perspective as a scientist. And those, I think, are the events that I that I really enjoy. But often they're more of a sort of a, a one-off events that are spattered around my calendar rather than every day. And yeah, so I spend I spend a lot of time either in in-person meetings or in meetings over Zoom talking to people. And then I guess the rest of my time is spent putting together documents often to either communicate things that we've talked about to other audiences or to make sure that we can agree that what we've talked about has been summarized in a way that everybody thinks is correct. So some of that is about, you know, effectively communicating what we've done onto paper and in a way that that is useful to send out to people so I spend quite a bit of time thinking about the way that I'm going to write things and how I'm going to follow up on the activities we've had so I do have sort of try and have bits of time in my day where I can sit down and think about what comes next what's the next strategic thing that I need to do to continue this activity and to to make it have an impact. As Asya and I both hope to go to university, we're currently stressed with personal statements, EPQs, all that. But um, we were wondering, is there anything you wish you knew before going to university? Anything you would do differently? I guess one of the things might be not to imagine that you have to have your whole career life planned out. I don't think I did and I really worried that I might not have made the right choice about what subject to do and that I didn't know what I wanted to do at the end of my degree and it it was something that caused me quite a lot of worry that lots of other people seem to have I really want to do this or I really want to do that and actually there are so many opportunities out there that I'm aware of now that I had no idea people did jobs in that that actually I think coming towards the end of your degree or even before you go talking around doing a bit of research trying to find out the kinds of jobs that exist there's a huge variety of things that mean that you don't have to 
make a decision really early on about what you want to do you can wait and see what excites you at the time so yeah I think that that's probably the biggest thing that I wish I'd known and at the end of my degree I wish I'd known to look around more at all the opportunities that were out there not that I wish I'd done something different but just I feel like there's so many more things I could have thought about that I didn't even know could be a career. This is both related to I think work and university with that the idea of not stressing out too much how do you find ways to manage your work life while also finding time to enjoy yourself? I'm perhaps not the best at it because I really love what I do at work and I hate leaving things unfinished so I quite often take quite a bit of work sort of I think about work quite a bit in my home life but for me I think the more that I've got into environmental science and talking to environmental scientists the more interested and engaged I've become with nature and things and so actually I find that taking a bit of time out even if I'm having just a really stressful day and it's lunchtime taking a bit of time out to get outside and sit somewhere a bit green go somewhere a bit green makes a big difference to my mindset and how productive I can be so at weekends I like to at least make some time to get outdoors and and just go for a walk do something in a forest somewhere green do something somewhere where there's a bit of green space sit in a park to give me that bit of time where I can actually chill out and not really think about very much but just enjoy the nature and and all the rest of it and I think that really helps with allowing me to be more productive in in what I do. So I guess you both said that you're interested in geography. Is there anything in particular in geography that really excites you? I've always been intrigued by the social sciences and I've always um, enjoyed the interaction between geography and our everyday life and how it applies to things that uh, are currently going on. It's very dynamic in nature, it's constantly changing, Uh, there's constantly research into geography and how it's always changing it's always in the news now especially with climate change so I've always been interested in geography I think I prefer the physical geography so like learning about physical processes volcanoes tectonics and whatnot and I'm also really interested in environmental science and climate change and also like um like kind of what you do which is getting people more aware of it because I feel like people just don't care enough I think that that bit is something that I didn't do geography even at GCSE and I really wish that I had because I think now I see how much of the stuff that social science side along with the physical science side is really quite powerful in how we talk to people about science in how we um for for environmental science it's so important and that actually those two bits of the same in your case of the same subject actually are really important to happen alongside each other and having awareness of what goes on you know as a social scientist having awareness of what goes on in the physical sciences and in as a physical scientist being aware of what social scientists are doing and working with them allows us to do far more than if we try and do it in isolation it's quite nice that both of you are here but one's got an interest in the social science side and one of you's got an interest in the more physical science side one thing about school is that it's all like it's either science or it's the arts and it's really separated but I feel like when you go out into the work world everything sort of links and there isn't really a clear distinction between the two it's all very interdisciplinary. Sarah are there any resources like social media accounts or magazines or tv 
the programs that students who are interested in atmospheric sciences and chemistry in general and everything that you do could look at to learn more? So I was having a think about this and I was going to recommend something which unfortunately doesn't exist anymore, which I'm really gutted about. But the centre that I work for, the National Centre for Atmospheric Science, they on their homepage, ncast.ac.uk, they have um, a news part and actually keeping track of, of the news on there. They put up some interesting, some interesting things about climate, air pollution and high impact weather global change from an atmosphere perspective. So they have some really interesting news articles on there. And they also have a Twitter account, which is at Atmos Science. Then also on Twitter, there's somebody called Gary Fuller, and he writes articles for The Guardian called Pollution Watch. And those articles are, are quite interesting. He's, he's an active researcher himself, but so he gives a, if you like, a scientific perspective, but he writes for The Guardian so he knows about writing for public audiences. So, so they're, they're often quite a good resource to look at. I think for being interested in science in general, the Naked Scientist podcast can be really interesting. It's not by any means focused on environmental science. It's right across the board. But I think they do quite a good job of doing some really interesting stuff. Thank you for joining another STEM Untapped podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, then subscribe for free on your podcast app. You can follow us on Instagram at STEM Untapped. If you know of a school or group of students who would like to interview female or non-binary role models, do get in touch. Likewise, if you know of anyone who would be a great role model, then let us know. Our details are all documented in the show notes.